Good morning. Thank you. Just want to make sure you're awake. It's wonderful to be with you all. If I were to give you a pop quiz this morning and ask you to identify among the great American leaders that we have known, especially in the last hundred years, I doubt it wouldn't take long for one name to surface. And that name would be Martin Luther King. Dr. Martin Luther King, who lived in the middle part of the last century, and as you know, helped change the laws in this country and eliminate some of the worst separatist, segregationist, prejudice laws of our land. And he also helped change the hearts of many people, hearts that were accustomed to hating or at least being suspicious of people who had a different color skin. And he did all of that through um, practices and policies that he called nonviolence. And he wanted uh, to persuade us that, that love and friendship were better motivators for change than coercion and violence. And if a stranger from another country were to come to Washington, D.C., it wouldn't take long to convince them that he was a really special man. For heaven's sakes, we have a monument dedicated to him, countless streets and libraries and schools, and we even get a day off in his honor. So it's hard to remember, in fact, sometimes for those of you who were born after he lived, it may be even a surprise for you to know how incredibly controversial he was when he was alive and how many people really disliked everything that he had to say. And um, even toward the end of his life, when he had become known for his accomplishments, many of the people closest to him, in other words, his closest allies and friends, were critical of him because of the ways he was going about his work. So imagine that. You're a man of considerable stature trying to make some of the most important changes in our country, and not only are you being criticized by the people who disagree with you and don't like you, you're being criticized by your friends and your closest supporters. In the last week of his life, he preached two sermons. One, he preached right here in the Canterbury pulpit. Um, it was a Sunday morning. The dean of the cathedral had invited him to preach, and very few people on the close thought that was a good idea because he had become so controversial at the time that it was almost like, you know, better stay away from Dr. King because he just makes so many people uncomfortable. And he preached a sermon that day about how easy it is to stay asleep during times of great social change. That if we're not careful, we can miss some of the most important changes that are happening around us if we remain distracted and preoccupied with our own lives. We didn't have little screens in front of us back in the 1960s, but we had the equivalent of that, and it was pretty easy to get distracted. And he was warning all of us to take care and pay attention. The last sermon he preached, he preached in Memphis, Tennessee. Nobody in his circle of friends thought it was a good idea for him to go to Memphis. They were actually pretty angry at him for going. 
And the reason he went, some of you know this, the reason he went is because the sanitation workers in Memphis were on strike. Sanitation workers, that's sort of a nice, that's a nice title for people whose job it is to go around and pick up other people's garbage and to take it wherever our garbage is taken. And in those years, um, most of the people who were sanitation workers, garbage collectors, were African Americans or other people of color. Their conditions of work were terrible. Their pay was terrible. They had no security whatsoever. And Dr. King decided that he was going to go and throw his weight behind their cause. And as I said, nobody in the movement thought it was a good idea because it was a distraction from some of the other work that he was doing. Members of his family said, Martin, you're not well. You're a little bit depressed. You need a break. But he insisted on going. And you know, when he was asked why he went, the reason he gave was a summary of the story you just heard read. The story that Jesus told of a man who was wounded on a roadside and three people passed him by. The first two people were um, <laughs> suspiciously religious people, very official, very important. And both of them passed him by because they were on their way to some important thing. And the third man who passed him by, as you know, was a man of a suspicious race, Samaritans, and he took pity on the man and offered help. And this is what Dr. King said. He said, the first two men, when they passed the wounded man by, passed by the wounded man, asked the question, if I help this man, what will happen to me? Right? I'll be late for my meeting. I'll be associated with somebody who's obviously down on his luck. I'll get blood all over my nice clothes. Who knows? But if I help this man, what will happen to me? The third man asked a different question. He asked, if I don't help this man, what will happen to him? That's the definition, according to Jesus, of a true neighbor who asks the question, if I don't show up, if I don't offer kindness, if I don't extend a hand, what will happen to that person? Setting aside, at least for a moment, concerns of self. Now, when the chaplains asked me to speak to you today, which, by the way, I consider one of the greatest privileges of my job, they told me that the theme, or one of the things they wanted to think about in the context of this all-close gathering, minus the littlest ones, is the theme of friendship. And it goes without saying um, that you all have the opportunity as you go to school here and grow up together to form some of the best friendships of your life. Um, and you probably have already, or you will, Another thing that might happen to you, this happens to my kids all the time, they're in their 30s now, they meet people who went to their high school that they didn't know when they were in high school, and then later on they become friends because of that common bond, right? They never knew each other, but they become friends because of what they shared. And all I want to say to you, and I'll bring this home, 
is that part of what you have the opportunity to learn is not only to make friends among those who make life really great for you, you have the opportunity to learn how to be a friend, which is about making life great for someone else. And in particular, those times when your extending of yourself might make others around you wonder what on earth you're doing, being nice to that person, or inconveniencing yourself to do something. But when those opportunities arrive, I just ask you to remember, not only to remember the Samaritan, but to remember Dr. King, and to remember all those people all around you that have stopped to be your friend or your neighbor, not out of concern for themselves, but out of concern for you, and that when you have the opportunity to do the same, you are a friend of the highest order. Thank you for being, um, for being that kind of friend. Amen. Amen.